Barbados gave his last mocking laugh, and Zorro felt the plank tipping. He felt himself losing his balance. The heavy weight on his wrists was almost bending him backward. He knew how swiftly it would carry him down into the depths of the sea. Then would come a brief and useless struggle, he supposed, a moment of horror, and the end. His eyes met those of the senorita yet again, and then it seemed that everything gave way beneath him, and he shot downward. There came a splash of water as he struck the surface. He felt its sudden chill, and then the waves closed over his head. He was a famous swimmer, but no man can swim with a heavy bar of metal tied to his wrists, and those wrists lashed behind his back. Mechanically, Zorro protected himself as he struck the water, as though for a deep dive. He drew air into his lungs until it seemed that they would burst. He kicked in vain against the down-pulling power of the heavy weight. Down and down he went into the depths, until the light from the surface faded and he found himself in darkness. Zorro prayed and worked at the same instant. He jerked his wrists from side to side behind his back, trying to force them apart. He expelled a tiny bit of air now and then as he descended, but retained it as much as possible. Often he had played at remaining as long as possible beneath water, but it is one thing to do so when a man has the knowledge that he can spring to the surface at any time, and quite another when he has reason to believe that he never will reach the surface again at all. Yet he continued to struggle as he shot downward. Red flashes were before his eyes now, and a multitude of faces and scenes seemed to flit before him. In that awful instant, he relived half his life. Dios, he thought, if this be death. Another tug he gave at his wrists. The man who had lashed the heavy weight there had not done his work well. Perhaps he was too busy watching Barbados and fearing him. Perhaps he had held a sneaking admiration for this Senor Zorro, who had offered battle to an entire ship's company. However, the rope that held the weight gave a trifle. Zorro, in his agony, realized that. He tugged again, and then pressed his palms close together and drew in his wrists as much as possible. The heavy weight, dragging downward, pulled the loose loop over the wrists and hands. Zorro felt an immediate relief. He realized what had happened, and then he began his battle to reach the surface. The weight was gone, but his wrists were still lashed together behind his back. He kicked and struggled and shot upward. He expelled more of the precious air his lungs retained. His chest was burning, his ears were ringing. He was almost unconscious because of the pressure of the water he had been forced to endure. He saw a glimmer of light, but knew that the surface was yet far away, and it occurred to him that even the surface did not mean life, for his wrists were yet bound behind him, and he was miles from the shore. On he went, up and up, struggling and fighting. He jerked at his wrists until they were raw and bleeding, but to no avail. Those who had lashed his wrists had done better than the one who had fastened the weight to them. 
and finally he gave a last struggle, a last kick, and felt the blessed air striking upon his face. The pirate ship was some distance away, sailing slowly before a gentle breeze. Zorro found himself floating in her wake. He could see men rushing around her deck and up into her rigging, but at the distance could not guess their tasks. Bearing down upon him was the other craft, the one with the gigantic Z upon the sail. Zorro saw that he was directly in her path. Those on the approaching ship did not see him, for they were watching the pirate craft and preparing for the battle that was to come. He hailed those on board, but his voice was drowned by the roar of the water against the schooner's bows. He saw that she would strike him, and kicked frantically to work himself to one side of the track she was following.' 